podcasting from the great state of Texas, home to cowboys, boots, and stars that are big and bright, comes a podcast host that sparkles wherever she goes. This is Gums and Gossip. She's the dental educator behind the mask and the hygienist with a lot of heart, ready to share her advice, her stories, and her special guests from the other side of the dental chair. And now, here's your host, Hope Lloyd. Welcome, everybody, to Gums and Gossip Podcast. I'm your gum goddess host, Hope, and I have on an extra special guest, and she is Jennifer Stanley. We have we are diving deep into the world of dental hygiene and exploring experiences, challenges, triumphs of the dental professionals. We are, she is an advocate for mental health and professional growth. Please join me in welcoming Jennifer Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show. I I I know you're gadget girl. Yes, and I can't wait to hear more things about that. So she is actually based out of South Carolina. And here I am in Texas. And we were giggling because we we, you know, as hygienists, we all have technical difficulties and stuff. So we are here now and everybody can just take a deep breath and we are all good, right? (laughs) Right. That's why it's like gadget girl can't get a little gadgets to work. So I don't know. (laughs) She got it. She did. She got it. All right, so let's just dive right into it. My, so I, I feel like you know we met on social media, and mm-hmm. I, I love all your like gadgets and different things that you do, but I'm gonna actually share like a little bit with your journey and everything. Um, yeah. As far as you can tell me that you you're a dental hygienist, what led you to become a dental hygienist, and that you're. of your dental hygiene career is temping. So I think that's really interesting what your, your take on the whole temp um, thing is. So I kind of wanted you to share who you are and what brought you into being a dental hygienist and then temping as well. Well, um, I started off, okay, I come from nurses, my mother, my sister, my brother-in-law, but I didn't want to go that route. So when I first went to college after high school, I I did respiratory therapy and I decided not to do that. So I was worked some in, um, I am dating myself right here, but back in the day, I was, uh, worked at what, I don't even know if they still exist, uh, service merchandise back in the day. And so that was, you know, with customer service and all that. And then I worked at a mental hospital. So I had that little part. And then I started working at an oral surgeon's office. And they actually trained me on the job. And I, you know, learned quickly. Within six months, I was over the lab, you know, back clinical area. And I was like, you know, I am sitting here in my 20s. And I've hit the glass ceiling. And... They're very supportive. So they're all, I was like, I think I'm thinking about going back to school and becoming a dental hygienist. Since I like dentistry, I can do this. So surely I can do hygiene. I mean, it's not that difficult, is it? They right, don't do much, right. but just, you know, <laughs> scrape a little right here and polish my teeth. That's like easy, right? Exactly. Okay, it's not so much easier than nursing, right? No. <laughs> so I uh, continued working and going to um, college. It took me, you know, 
they say it's an associate's two-year degree. Yeah, right, whatever. No, um, <laughs> it took a lot longer than that. So I did a lot of the general courses and then I went to a college in Greenville, South Carolina. And I lived on credit cards and student loans to make it through until I could work. And um, when I went into it, the market was was like bare. But when I graduated, the market was flooded. <laughs> wow. So I turned to temping at a necessity because there just weren't any full-time jobs. And back in that time, this was in 06, um, you know, before all the social media, really like there wasn't really any options. There wasn't a temp agency in my area. So I just figured it out as I went. And um, I did take a, you know, full-time job, did not work out. Um, that was the beginning of like, oh my gosh, you know, I'd always been Little Miss overachiever and employee of the month. And then I worked hygiene and my first full-time job, I get fired. <laughs> I'm like, and they sit me down and I'm, I'm sitting there like, what? Um, they said, you're never going to be happy here. And looking back, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm not. Because before I took this job, you said you were going to get a second um, ultrasonic. And me and the other hygienists have been sharing an ultrasonic. Mm -hmm. And so looking back, I'm like, yeah, they're right. I would have never been happy there. But I was very loyal. And I would have stayed there out of loyalty and out of trying to make the place better so they did me a favor by firing me do you know how many places i have personally stayed at because of loyalty and because you think that you're just supposed to be there you're stable your patients keep you through yeah. everything but in the in the long run looking back those offices that i was at Oh my goodness. It was like, they were toxic, weren't they? They were so toxic, but I had no idea. Cause I was like, well, this is just how it is. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's in nursing. I don't know if it's like that in it nursing is. as well. <laughs> it is. Okay. You could probably get my sister or brother-in-law mom. You can get them on here one day. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I mean, I think in the health professionals and everything, I think we're very much, we're in the caretaker role. So yeah. you have this passion and you want to project it on everybody. And if people don't like you, it's kind of like you feel that way. But it's not that they don't like you. They were probably giving you the opportunity to move on to find something that made you happy. So, yeah, it was a blessing. It was. It was. And uh, it wasn't the only time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. No, I believe you. I would say, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't the only time. And I, I just was like, you know, I was trying to fit into this mold. My mother, my sister, they all worked at the hospital. They stayed at the hospital. They only moved from a different floor to another floor. They, even today, I don't think my mom can really grasp what I do with temping that I, how I could do this. Like, this is too difficult. Oh my God, I would die. Like, you know, I gotta have, I gotta have stable. Maybe you can get a stable job. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm more stable temping than I am in a full-time job that is going to possibly let me go if they can find somebody for $5 less. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think people are appreciative. I know when I have tempt in the past, it's like you're their guest hygienist. You're yeah. there helping them out and they do appreciate you. It seems like sometimes more than the full time, which is kind of sad to say, but they, they put you in this box because they're like, wow, thank you so much for coming in and, and doing what you do. And then if you don't like it, then you just leave and you just don't go back yeah. to that office again. So it's very mm -hmm. smart of you. It's just, to me, I know stability wise, I needed to find, you know, something I have tempted in the past, but there's yeah. been moments where I've been like, okay, I definitely don't want to be without, you know, like a day. And sometimes you can yeah. get cancellations, things like that happen. So, yeah. I have, and, and I've kind of went through that and I'm like, I just need to be normal, but I'm not like, you know, that's just the normal <laughs> thing to do is to get a job and stay there. And, you know, and I'm just like, I mean, I tried it again a few years ago. I found this excellent office and I, I was just like, I just ended up crying. I was like, I just, I know I said I could do this, but I just, I, didn't, I feel trapped. Yeah. I, I feel trapped, like, because I could take time off. I mean, I have been to the ADHA conference a week later. I had one week at home, and then I went for another week for RDH Evolution and Under One Roof. I could have never done that in a regular job. Absolutely. I could have never took that time off. Um, so it's like, I just felt trapped and I'm like, I don't, I like to not have to deal with office politics mm -hmm. just to a minimum, mm -hmm. you know, and yes, it's sad, but true. I feel more appreciative guest hygienist than I did ever did as a full-time employee. And that's a problem. Yeah. 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 Well, as the creator and administrator of the Facebook group Gadget Girl RDH and the page Adventures in Temping, what inspires you to start these platforms and what kind of content do you share with the community? Let's touch base about your your fun yeah. little projects that you have <laughs> expanded into the dental knowledge of, of who you are. So I think it's awesome. And I think that's what got me. I was like, oh, gadgets. I love <laughs> gadgets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it really. Um, so I. I I the the conference and CE bug hit me bit me in 2016. At that point, I had left a position that was toxic, and I was just like, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to temp, and this is what I'm going to do, and I am going to look for opportunities outside of clinical hygiene. Now, I still do clinical hygiene. I mean, but I was looking for other options, you know. So I do uh, the temping more part-time now than I was full-time and so I would go to these conferences and I realized all the people that I'm working with they don't see all this stuff because they don't do the conferences so I was bringing back stuff and one of the hygienists her name is Bar Barbara Ard I would um temp mm -hmm. for her and with her and she said she's like okay well, next time I was filling in and uh she's like what kind of gadget you got this time what kind of product you got for us to try this time? And so that's that's where the whole Gadget Girl RDH came from. I was like, yep, I got this kind of gadget and that, because it was the things that make your life easier. And even though I'm a guest hygienist and I go to different offices, I still have my creature comforts that I must take with me. Like, 
I know it's funny, but I take that crown seat and chair and I throw that sucker over my shoulder and I take it everywhere I go. You do? You take your chair with I you do. everywhere you I go? Do. That's if amazing. I, <laughs> if I don't take it and I use the regular chair about after lunch, I'm just like, oh my God, this was a mistake, you know, because I've done that where I just, oh, I'm just feeling in this one day. I'm not going to take it or it's raining i don't feel like messing with it and i regret it lesson learned mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so people look at me like i'm crazy i'm like what is she doing bringing this chair up in here and i'm like it is it's what i need you know i carry like my own um face shield i actually i do still wear those <laughs> after seeing everything that got on it ugh. right um i still carry excuse me, that, and I carry like uh, safety glasses for my patient, and then I'll have these little gadgets and stuff that I do carry with me. Um, you know, like I just came back from under one roof, so I've got all these samples, these cool like profi angles from all these different companies that's anti-splatter, um, the different profi paste, some that doesn't have anything in it, you know, no dyes, nothing. So sometimes you've got that patient that doesn't want any fluoride or anything. And, and actually that one's really a good one for like stain and stuff like that. <clears throat> I've got this little thing called a, a flex assist arm and it was created um, by a genist and she, it's like a suction cup that you put on the back of the chair. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that one? I've used that before. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty yeah. wild. Like some it of the is. things that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I've got a lot of different things. I call it my temp go bag. And so like, so you just pack a where. bag, you just pack yeah. a bag and then everything yeah. just like fits in the bag and you just take everything with mm -hmm. and then here you are. Do you find yourself going to the same offices sometimes that, you know, and they just know your routine? Yeah. That's why I've been in this long enough. So I've got a lot of regular places that I go to. And so I already know their routine. I already know if they've got good instruments, if they don't have good instruments, you know, if I need to take my own. Mm -hmm. um, so, but lately I've worked in a couple brand new offices that those were brought to me though by contacts that I had in the dental field, somebody that I had worked with in a previous office, somebody that actually um, was an adjunct professor at my college, you know, so yeah. I, but I send like this very detailed questionnaire before I go. So I already know, I'm already in the mindset, okay, what kind of software do they use? Yeah. What kind, you know, what kind of uh, sensors do they use? Do they typically do, you know, am I going to be seeing a lot of perio patients or am I going to see more general patients? You know, that kind of thing. Um, do, you I mean, have I a, do you have a cheat sheet? Sorry to interrupt, but do you yeah. have a cheat sheet that you do that you have a, a like your template of different mm -hmm. things that you do from your perio template to your, like from each office that you have a standard? I don't keep that. Um, mainly, I just put everything in um, in the body of an email, and it's a questionnaire. I save it in my notes on my phone, and so I just copy and paste it into an email of whoever I'm sending it to. I even include the financial part because I do not do 1099s, and so they need to know that, be upfront with it, and 
when they come back and if if a office comes back and they say their appointment times are 40 minutes then I say I appreciate you filling out the questionnaire but unfortunately you not know, a good fit yeah right um yeah. you know I'll say it in a way you know I had one and I was just like well I know myself and I know that that will not be enough time and it would be a disservice to my patients and you know but I really nice. appreciate you filling out the questionnaire and I hope you find someone for the position I think it's interesting. So you also mentioned you struggle with mental health since Mm -hmm. eighth grade, you said, and you had kind of previewed a little bit about things. And so I was kind of wanting to touch base on um, the stigma of the mental health. And specifically, was it bipolar? Is that kind of what the whole issue was? Because Um, it's, yeah, the journey of all that with them, how did it affect you with your professional life? And what advice would you have for others that were, you know, in your shoes? Well, it started off um, as depression. And then, you know, I'm pretty self-aware. I mean, everybody in my family is medical. So I knew I'm like, eh, I'm treating the depression, but I wasn't really treating the high you know, because I was finally happy. So, you know, I wasn't really doing that. And finally, working that place that I worked at the mental hospital, I saw how people treated their family members. Like we would have, you know, they called it a revolving door. And so they're like, oh yeah, she comes in about this time every year because her family goes on vacation. Oh, wow. And so that just made it even more, oh my gosh, like I can't be, I can't have that diagnosis in my chart, you know, Um, but so I hit it, you know, I just hit it and I just said, yeah, sometimes I get depressed. Um, And so when I did come out about it to an office, it might've been pretty convenient that two weeks later, they let me go. Yeah. They told me I wasn't chipper in the morning. I was sleepy. I wasn't saying, hey, I just look going there. And I'm like, okay. And so then I came out to him about it. I said, well, you know, I suffer from depression and um, I didn't even say bipolar. I just said I suffer from depression and I'm having uh, changing my medication and I'm just really exhausted in the morning. They're trying to get my levels right. And so I'm just, and I'm not a morning person anyway, you know, I'm just not, I'm not that little, Hey, good morning. How are you? You know, I'm like that after 10 o'clock. Right. But not, not before then. (laughs) But so, um, you know, and I came clean about it and I was like, you know, this is what's going on in my life. And then what did that teach me? That was the first full-time job I had. What did that teach me? It teached me I can't be. Don't myself. say anything. That's what I'm saying. Don't say anything and you can't yeah. do. Yeah. I I know yeah. people will give you, you know, no matter what the stigma is, it doesn't have to be bipolar. It doesn't have to yeah. be anything. I guess the, the standard, you're supposed to be this happy hygienist and you're supposed to be coming in there and just doing your little thing and just, you know, that was like, just clean the teeth and we're going to have this spa appointment and all that. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like that because not only do you have things that you're going through, your patients have things they're going through too. And so yeah. there's two people on that spectrum 
And, you know, I mean, it just thing, and you have a staff, you have a whole team yeah. that they're having things with too. So it's a lot of collaborating. It's a lot of, um, there's a lot more involved, don't you think? Mentally, yeah. I think the emotional, yeah. And where this came in to adversely affecting my career was, well, first off, yeah, that made me feel horrible that yeah. obviously I can't really be honest with people. But when I am in my, what I consider like my high or up, you know, because the medication keeps me, it's like, I'm not here. I'm always here and here, you know, I'm kind of like this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I, what I'm trying to avoid is to be all the way up here or all the way down here. You yeah. Know? You don't want the height in the, you want right. the more in the middle. And yeah. so there are things that I notice about myself. I do get very particular. <laughs> like I want all my instruments, you know, I'm a little bit more OCD. Like when I'm more in my, in my high and my low, I'm just like not very talkative, you know, it's just, a lot of things and so it would be a change and I'd be a lot more say aggressive I guess you could say like you know I'm not like I might would have sit there and took stuff when I'm depressed and not said anything to management but then I'm like okay here's the deal this, you know, has been going on. Are you going to buy this instrument? Are you not going to buy this instrument? You know, you promised yeah. me were, you know, so then whenever hygienists have been held down to a, you don't want to rock the boat kind of thing. It's so right? true. It's so mm -hmm. true that, you know, and we'll get into like, even yeah. we'll segue into like the burnout part of everything, yeah. because that's been something where, there's it's doesn't matter what state you're in it and that says a lot it's not just like one state or the other state it's hygienist as a whole mm -hmm. trying to make this a professional environment because we're not just like cleaning like dog's teeth you know I mean not that that's bad I wish but, I you could know, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying like technician wise they, it's because they want you just to go and and do you know, that kind of thing a lot of times. And, you know, just, yeah. And, and just have, make sure you're um, doing the best you can in the limited time that you have. And then you have all these other things going on and keeping everything sterile and keeping yourself sterile. And I mean, the list goes on and on. The, and hardest, then, yeah. the hardest thing for me is that you have to turn into a different person with every patient. You have to be on. Mm -hmm. You got to judge, is this going to be somebody that I need to talk to the whole time? Is this going to be somebody I need to be quiet for? Mm -hmm. Is this going to, you know, like you have, you're constantly, your mind is constantly analyzing. Mm -hmm. And so the small talk and stuff, it, I do it, mm -hmm. but it's exhausting. Um, and I think a lot of hygienists are, very empathetic and they are some of them are bona fide empaths so i'm an we, empath yes, i really am i'm a, i i draw and this is what yes. i learned about myself yes. i learned that i draw all this energy i never knew this it's like after covid times it seemed like it hit worse because yeah. i draw everybody's and i want to help and i want to do and when i get home now i mean 
honestly, when I get home now, I just want some quiet time. Yeah. I just want to sit and just have some quiet time because you're just yeah. so, your emotions are so drained and it doesn't make sense to people who are not into the healthcare world mm -hmm. because you're constantly having to figure, like you said, figure things out. But, and you know, like I said, along with life happenings and trying to compose yourself through things. So yeah, it's a good I, find, I find that it, it's kind of worked against us as being hygienists that most of us are, well, a lot of us are like that. So personally, most of us, we need to go out to our car at lunch and be alone. Right. And that may seem like we are intentionally alienating ourselves, but we're not. We're trying to recharge to get mm -hmm. ready for the other half of the day. It's I mean, absolutely I, true. I do nothing. I just go out there and and if I go out to eat, I go out to eat by myself most of the mm -hmm. time, unless it's somebody that I've worked with a lot and, you know, we're going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I need that time to recharge. I'll take my shoes off. I'll lay my seat back. I'll play around on the phone. Sometimes I'll set my alarm and if I fall asleep, so I'll wake up, go back into work. But I need, I need that. I need that alone time. I need the, the darkness. I need to be out from under all of these fluorescent lights. Right. When I get home, it's funny because I'm like lamp light only. And so my, husband, <laughs> my husband, he'll like flip that light on and I'm like, ah! you know, like I'm a, a vampire or something. Like I'm going to burst in the flames because I'm just like, Turn that thing off, you know, because <laughs> I've had to be under those lights all day long and they're mm -hmm. draining in themselves. Mm -hmm. It might sound a little woo, but it it, it really is a thing. <laughs> it <laughs> it <is>. drains <laughs> you. Um, so you're working under all these lights. You're working under pressure. You're having to, to the outside and, and even to like assistants and doctors and the OM, you seem like you're having the best freaking time in the world in that little hour appointment because mm -hmm. you're chatting and you're talking, but really you're having to. Uh, it's therapy. Yes. There's a, ther there's a yes. literally, there is a therapy session in yes. the chair while you're actually, so you're a psychiatrist, not really, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You feel like you are sometimes because people and, go through so many experiences and you absorb all that. Yeah. And you're sitting there trying to project this happiness that really, like, you know, I'm sitting there saying, okay. And then inside, I'm like, would you just shut up and open your mouth? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, inside, you're I, like. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Somehow, I'm just kind of, I love what I, I, I just sit there and I love it. So, I, I don't, to me, it doesn't phase me as much. I just sit there and do. But, yeah, I get I get the moments that you, you know, might have. But, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's different. So, let's get to what other gadgets. I love, like I said, the gadgets and the different things. What is your, do you have a favorite gadget that you do? Maybe it's not even hygiene related. Is there, like, some kind of gadget that you would just you need to shout out to the listeners <laughs> maybe, like really that a flex assist arm is my favorite that because is. going into different rooms i need so many hygiene ops are just ergonomic nightmares 
And so it depends on where you're working as to whether it's easy to get to the suction or not. And, you know, when you're working on somebody, um, you know, you can literally have another hand. So that's probably my favorite. Um, my chair is my favorite. I mean, you favorite. know, you consider that a gadget. Comfort. Comfort. Yeah. Yes, I, I really would not be, I would not still be practicing clinically if I didn't have that chair. That's so Uh, wild, yeah. Seriously. Now, some people hate them, but, and you have to get fitted. It's very important to get fitted correctly for your body style. But um, I love those little, um, man, you put me on the side, I can't think of the note of them. I'll tell you, I have a couple of gadgets, little things that are hygiene related that I love. And so of what I share with my patients, my favorite in in between, because people don't floss, people don't do, you know, a lot of times. So in order to get them to do other things, the the Sunstar, you know, the little soft picks. Yes. Those are my favorites. I have to shout out to them because they, it, those are my favorite go-tos for patients because they're so easy to do and they're so soft and I like them better. I'm sorry than the Proxa brushes, but there are reasons for the Proxa brushes. Uh, however, I love the, it's more easy to do for the patient with the, that was like yeah. one of the best gadgets, I think. I, as far as that, you know, I try to like put in a note. So, you know, I'll have just kind of like a generic note and that's usually, I always say, um, recommended, uh, reviewed the technique um, with manual versus electric toothbrush, um, mm-hmm. recommended water flosser, soft picks, Plackers twin line. And um, those are like the ones that I always recommend. Like no matter what, who you are, I'm going to tell you to get one of those. And a lot of times I'll say go-betweens, you mm-hmm. know, those little proxy brush type mm-hmm. things. Um, what about gloves? I'm going to, I'm going to oh, pick your yeah. brain on like gloves. There's so many different gloves out there. And I know when you're going to the conventions and you're doing mm-hmm. all these things, do you, have you ever had to bring your own box of gloves to an office? I have um, brought them to an office that I wasn't, had never been in yet. And um, this was post COVID. Post COVID, I brought like everything with me. Everything was in my car. I may not necessarily brought it in, but I had it. I had the mask. Um, I actually had um, the 360 mask. I forget who makes that. It's kind of shaped a little weird. It's not like your trip typical mask. Um, I had N95s. I had the KN95s. Um, you know, I had the face shields. Oh, I really love, and now it's a bulky, it's a little harder to take when I'm temping, but that ambiance, or it might be called ambient. (laughs) (laughs) Potato, potato, you know, whatever it is. But it it looks very, (laughs) looks like it would be heavy, but it is so lightweight Mm. and you can see through it so easily and it's not hot. So, um, that's my biggest factor is the heat is because when I, after COVID times and having to wear everything and, and, you know, the AC in Texas, it's hot. I don't know. It gets hot. And so even indoors, it's hot. We came in, um, from, well, 
my husband went with me to Unknown Roof and that was in Nashville and it was hot, but it wasn't as humid as it is here in South Carolina. So yeah. like we have a dehumidifier going in our house when we're here. Like we always got that dehumidifier <laughs> going. Um, we learned that about a year and a half ago and we were like, oh Lord, we are never going to let that die. Um <laughs> It, it just really is. But, you know, I am one of those people, though, that I still wear. I, I still wear my long sleeves. Mm-hmm. I take them off after the patient. But I either have a lab coat that goes all the way up. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of um, about three different types of isolation gowns that are launderable. And I'm always taking one of those things with me. Always. I take them off after I'm finished with my patient and then I put them back on whenever, you know, I'll leave them off when I'm doing x-rays and stuff, but then I'll put it all back on mm-hmm. whenever it's time. And I'm, and I'm funny about patients wearing glasses. They've got to wear safety glasses or their own glasses. So I carry those with me as well. Yeah. Well, I love that you surround yourself with forward thinkers. I think it's incredible in the industry. It's really important. I've had to learn going to all these, these conferences and meeting so many wonderful people just out there. They just, there's a lot of inspiration. There's a lot of people to, you know, to network with, which is awesome too. I didn't get a chance to go this year. I went last year to RDH under one roof, but this year I didn't get a chance to go but I have, I do go to more and more conventions and, and things. And I'm, I'm actually getting ready at the end of October doing an event that I'm going to be speaking at and planning the dental anxiety tour. So I am, yeah. So Austin, Texas, October 27th through the 29th, I'm going to be doing some fun things there. And, um, it's just, you know, you start to, there's so much inspiration that I like to deal with the, um, I, I'm good at dental fear. So giving hope back to the dental world, all that. So it's exciting. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully. I really enjoy those patients that are scared mm-hmm. and like, you really, you like connect with them, but it does exhaust me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it is exhausting, but it's rewarding because I've well, had a lot saving. of patients. Yeah, yeah, you're saving teeth and gums and you're helping people smile and gain their confidence back by just mm-hmm. by what you're doing. And it makes it when they look at you and they say, oh, my goodness, I've never had a hygienist, you know, that has helped me this much and yeah. created this much of an environment. Like I said, it's not that it doesn't exhaust you. It just kind of motivates you to want to be better and to do more because you see the rewards. Yeah. And I feel kind of bad, though, going in as a guest hygienist. I feel bad when I've like really connected with somebody. That's the only time when I miss having a permanent position because I connect with these people and they made it through that SRP and they didn't hurt when I gave them the injection. And then they're like, well, I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. And that and is like, so hard. Yeah. I've that so, mm-hmm. I'm one of those keyboard girls where I, I do not leave this much on my notes. My notes are like this long. 
you know. Yeah, because you want somebody to yeah. know what you did. I mean, I don't so, want to be that girl that, that somebody goes, oh, it just has like a little, a little <laughs> saying. And then be like, what, what they do? How did this patient yeah. act? What was, you know, you want a heads yeah. up, right? So I will, I'll get really detailed about, you know, um, one of the tricks that I'll do is taking like the sensitivity toothpaste mm -hmm. and I'll actually polish that on and leave it there and mm -hmm. just have them um, suction and I'll leave it there while I'm scaling. And then by the time I get down to the lower anterior, it's really mm -hmm. soaked in. And usually that person can, if they come in and they're like, Oh, they usually put stuff on my teeth, probably, you know, numbing gel. Mm -hmm. I don't like to do that. So I do that. Yeah. And so whenever that worked for that person, then I make sure that I put it in the comments, in my notes. You know, they responded well, um, was able to use the Cavitron um, because it would have said, you know, they can't tolerate the Cavitron. But they yeah. were able to if you did it just that extra step, you know. I think just giving yourself and giving so much of I, I love who you are and I love how you have come onto this show and expressed all your all the goods and bads and uglies and yeah. everything, you know, because I think it's so genuine to know that, you know, we all have our hearts on our sleeves and we all care for our patients and everybody does it in all different ways. And it's like we, we make these connections and we meet people for reasons. And I'm so thankful yeah. to have met you and and hopefully I'll see you around at the conventions and stuff, too. Well, I'm sure so. I will. And the whole anxiety thing, that, that's great. Like, yeah. I'm glad you're doing that. Uh, one important thing to note, if you go back and look in Gadget Girl, there was a there was a point there where I kind of dropped off. And that's because I, I had severe burnout. And I was more depressed than I'd ever been. And I just checked out of all dental. And I wasn't even sure if I was coming back. Yeah. And it so was a real hard thing. And so, you know, I might come on here and look all glowy and have, you know, it's, it's fine and all. But yeah. no, there's, there's darkness. There's mm -hmm. a flip side to it. And being extra passionate about stuff, you can't unsee. We can't unknow. So when I go into a lot of offices and see things maybe aren't being done, you know, and so it is, it is frustrating. And so, you know, it all comes in to be feeling burnout and having to deal with anxiety and you're worried about, you know, things. So the mental health thing, yeah, we could probably do an entire series on that. <laughs> It is. It's, it's true, though. I mean, there's just so many factors in the mental health world that so many things after COVID times that hit so many people in hard ways. And I guess my my thing was I kept trying to and I always try to focus on the positives. But I'll tell you, my patients were the ones who got me through so many things and they had they had no idea they were getting me through things. Yeah. And it was just as much as I was therapy to them they they actually helped too it was like a collaboration yeah. of your patients and so i still keep in touch with so many patients from so many years ago is because you make that impact on them and even if you're not feeling the best even if you have i was a single mom you know for all these years and trying to juggle everything and do all that it you still go in there and it was like i'm here to help you 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Even it's though burnout it's, happens. <laughs> it's a relationship between you and your patient. And even like with me going in, even if I only see them that one time, mm-hmm. but you'd be amazed at how many times I see these patients over and over again. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if it's just because the hygienist goes on vacation the same time every year. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'll show you last time. <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, I know you. These are my yeah. notes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, even and even if I'm not seeing the patient all the time as their regular hygienist, you still make an impact. You do. Um, and just doing this one little thing a little differently maybe would help my fellow hygienist who comes in after me and is like, mm-hmm. oh yes, that one's on the schedule. That one I can't even use the Cavatron with. You know, mm-hmm. it, sometimes those little things. Yeah. And sometimes coming from a different provider, telling them the exact same thing that the other hygienist has been telling them for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, we do need to take x-rays. <laughs> you know, it, it we yeah. all help each other. And uh I just feel like it's a big it's a big everybody's going through hard times and we all need to help each other and we all need to be aware that none of us are living a charmed life. It looks on social media, but on, but no, but But in the whole scheme of things, we all have our own issues. I mean, people look at me all the time and they go, Oh, you know, but no, I have issues too. I mean, it's not, I'm not exempt from any other issues of anything. It's just how you think, differently I think more positively how can I improve this and what can I do to improve this and myself and keep myself happy yeah yeah more of like going to conferences and stuff more of it has Mm -hmm. impacted me growing mentally and as a person more growth with my mindset Mm -hmm. is helped me more by being around like-minded people by Mm -hmm. being around people that inspire me it has helped me mentally. I agree. Um, yeah. So it's not just it's not just about the the actual act of doing dental hygiene. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's, it's about the the mental aspect of it and how you can help each other and you can help your patients and you can help yourself. Absolutely. And kindness goes a long way. (laughs) It really does. Well, thank you so much, Jen. This has been just, and I think it's been so fun. It's been fun talking to you and it's just, it is real talk and all your valuable insights and fun little gadgets. I love the little, you know, people think it's quirky kind of things. I think it's pretty cool. I I think it's, it's not nerdy at all. I think it's very cool that you, you know what you want. You're taking with you, whatever you have. Um, I think it's, it's incredible. And so it's been a pleasure having you on my show. (laughs) And, and I know to all our listeners, you know, mental health matters, We need to look out for each other, find your own support group. I think that was something that I really, and, you know, being around people, going to conferences, if you're, you know, um, wanting to seek support from others that are still on your journey and, and you're learning. And I think knowledge is a good thing. And continue to bridge the gap between medical and dental fields yeah. where we can support each other as professionals together. So um, anything else you want to say where to find you and and all that yeah and i'll share you know my link tree it'll have all that information you can connect with me online i'm gen x so i'm still kind of figuring out how to get 
gadget girl from Facebook to Instagram, TikTok and all that stuff. Like that's, that's a work in progress. So uh, if any, any of y'all Gen Z or millennials want to help me, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> We're all we're all trying to figure things out, yeah, you know, in the whole yeah, scheme of things. We're we're hygienists. We're not technical <laughs> as much. We have to really learn, but we learn pretty fast. So yeah, we're, we're, we're teachable. Yeah. We are teachable. And hey, you can YouTube. <laughs> you can what? Oh, go go back and like cut you off. You can find anything on Google and YouTube. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So they can just go to Gadget Girl RDH like on Facebook, right? And yeah. then you have your you'll have your link tree and all that. So yeah, Perfect. and they can come to my my Facebook page. It's actually Jennifer Phillips Stanley. It's not hyphenated, okay. but okay. people knew me as Jennifer Phillips before I got married. So I just kept that as my middle name. <laughs> We, you know, it's, it's funny because like I said, I've kept my name and, and, and you do for, even for licensure and for everything, you know, yeah. your name is your name. So, <laughs> well, thank but you I'll so have much. all the links, I'll have yeah. all the links to LinkedIn, the Instagram, all that stuff on there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jen. I really do appreciate you and thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Gums and Gossip and your host, Hope Lloyd. If you liked what you heard, help us spread the word by leaving a review wherever you get your podcast and tell a friend. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and we'll see you again next time.